0: Welcome to WrestleBuddy's GameSpot's wrestling podcast filled with wrestling, friendship, and wrestling with friendship. I'm your host, Matt Elfring, and with me is my co-host, Chris hanner Chris, how are you today? I'm great, Matt. Uh, you do every week, every single week, you start the show at the second I'm not expecting it. So this week, it was right after showing you my mangled hand. And how it's yeah. healing. And you just launch right into the show. But it's good. We got a great energy today, Matt. Uh, as I told you. <laughs> Wait, do we? I mean, <laughs> we? We, should we explain we, what's happening? No, we should not. No? We did until we looked at Twitter. Uh, there, there's, there's Wrestling shenanigans are happening on the internet. And I'm not talking about Randy Orton yelling at rappers. Um, <laughs> hey! <laughs> dated material. Uh but no, uh I came in my goal coming into this record today was like, you know what? I'm going to be like happy and punchy and like the big excited goofy one and then immediately it just got went down in flames. Mhm. It was like me last <sighs> week going through a vicious vicious depression to the fact where I'll just pull the, per- the curtain back, I started smoking again or I was smoking again at that point cuz had quit. Um And then like doing the episode and having to go into like, Hey, funny, goofy time. I'll be real with you. I don't remember anything we talked about last week. No, here's the thing about this show. This show for the past couple months has been more topical than, you know, kind of looking back that I would have liked it to be, but that's just the nature. It's been a little bit more open-ended topical and more opinion based, a little bit more typical wrestling podcast. I'm not putting the music in, uh, i don't i don't i you know what uh matt i don't agree i don't now granted i don't remember what we've talked about any given week Would you on like this me to show tell you what we talked about the last few weeks uh, Chris? last week we talked about the road to wrestlemania we did an episode on okay we did the young rock episode because we got the opportunity to talk to someone from young rock i think that's a different thing entirely okay, and then we predicted what was going to happen in 2021 well yeah Oh, we also talked about Bo Dallas a little, which is we kind talked of... about Bo Dallas. We did Bo WrestleMania perfect. 1995 in review. We talked about the time DX like, put a PVC pipe on a Jeep saying between the 1995 review and this week, it's been like pretty topical stuff. Yeah, but I think we put our signature WrestleBuddies nonsensical spin on things and it's OK. This week, we're going back to basics, Chris, and. Let's take a look at the the menu for this ongoing bit I've been doing for like two months. <laughs> where I wrestle buddies, is a restaurant of some sort, like Pasta Mania. Uh, can we just <laughs> can we just do Pasta Mania 2 so I can talk about whole again? The, you know what? This is canon now. The Pasta Mania Two is our new restaurant, uh, <laughs> and the the items that you can buy to eat are just the segments we do on the show mm. every week. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Hmm. Who wants? I'll take the uh Wrestle Peace Theater medium rare, please. Matt, that right uh, Chris, what's on the, <laughs> on the menu wrestle this week? Peace theater? Is people, it's people. Oh no, Charlton Heston. Why are you in an apartment <laughs> with people living on stairs? Oh no, uh, okay, Matt. Later on, in p- p- perhaps the main event or one of the two, it's a dual main event kind of day, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the two main events later on, we'll be talking about a match. A match that has gone down in infamy for how crappy it is, honestly. Uh, it is, I will say this, it is, I think, Sting's worst match ever. Uh, mm-hmm. It is one of the, I I would say, one of the top ten worst WCW matches of all time. Uh, this is Sting versus vampiro the human torch match where they have to set one another on fire because they just don't like each other so we'll get to that though we're not there yet before that matt if we're going after wcw we gotta go after wwe we got to so we're kicking off this week with one of my favorite silly things from the attitude era and that's the higher power I want to go into this saying that Mm -hmm. uh, just the overall episode, overall episode you're about to hear Chris and I both watched the human torch match. I did a lot of research about before and after, Mm -hmm. but when it comes to the higher power, (laughs) I have decided uh, to remain blissfully ignorant to everything. So there are moments from this. I remember. However, However, Chris did all the research and Chris wrote everything and I will not look at his outline because I want to experience I want to re-experience this in the correct way it happened and not through my own false memories matt the correct way is 100 me summarizing slash mocking it so yes, i yeah. think you're doing the lord's work here by not yeah. watching it because uh, i want to give you that reaction like the what that happened i want you to have that i now i want to know the, okay so if i'm setting the stage this is 1999 exactly one. and it what's this what's weird is it's it's one year before the Human Torch Match happens in WCW <laughs> as WCW is going down in, and I intend this pun, flames. Uh, <laughs> this And this is the moment where, not the moment, this is the time where it's been a turning point at WWE. Mm-hmm. WWE is starting to do better than WCW in weekly ratings. So they're kind of like at their, they're not at their pinnacle. They're still, WWE still has some time to rise but like this is a good like momentum up the roller coaster hill right mm-hmm. here moment uh so the year is 1999 uh the undertaker is leading the ministry of darkness with the likes of uh uh viscera big king mabel mm-hmm. uh the acolytes uh naked midian in in, in clothing Etc. Uh Vince McMahon on the other hand is leading his stable known as the corporation who you might remember as having such luminaries as Ken Shamrock and the big boss man and China and Hunter Hearst Helmsley uh, Briscoe and Patterson uh, Shane McMahon like just real. I mean, it's a battle of these two feuds except for the fact, Oh, the rock is in the corporation and the rock is yes. kind of the ch- he's on and off WWE champion which is where the wrinkle comes in while Vince and the corporation are feuding with the ministry. Vince is also feuding with stone cold Steve Austin, who wants the WWE championship from the rock, but the undertaker also wants it and also wants to get the best of his McMahon. So he really, he really goes after Vince. He, he sets Vince's teddy bear on fire on raw and it brings Vince (laughs) literally to his knees crying. I want to make a point right here mm-hmm. and kind of lay out the the landscape of professional wrestling in 1999 and 2000. Uh you're going to hear about this again when we cover the Human Torch match, but wrestling during this time was about stables. Everyone was mm-hmm. in some sort of stable. Uh whether it's four man, 20 man like the nwo, uh three man like everybody is involved in some sort of group or stable um which isn't great, but it is great at the same time because it kind of elevates uh, wrestlers that don't have a place. But it also does a disservice by sometimes paying too much attention to people that are already on the top. So I just kind of want to throw out there: that's why there's like the ministry. That's why there's the corporation. That's why there's uh, DX was still kind of around at this point. Ish. 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 Not, ish. not so, like, so much. Um, X Pac was kind of doing his own thing with Kane, and you know who? What? You know who wasn't in a stable? Who? Sable. How about that? No stable for Sable. That's right. She never was. I mean, she I think she toyed with the idea of DX on television, but never She should have started a group called The Stable Sable. Or the Sable Stable. Oh, the Sable Stable would have been great. Just her. I just want that T shirt and like Mark Marrow sometimes. Johnny B. Bad. (laughs) Oh, yes. My apologies. Johnny B. Bad sometimes. Uh, So Undertaker in his attempt to uh, rile Vince McMahon, uh, he burns Vince's teddy bear on live television. Uh, He kidnaps Stephanie McMahon. like oh yeah just remember that and remember when he tried to he crucify her so he what, like, so there was the thing where Stephanie got into the limo and was like driver I'm ready and then the yes. window comes down and Undertaker turns and is like where to Stephanie and then he kidnapped <laughs> Stephanie McMahon uh, he he they tied Stephanie McMahon to the Undertaker symbol to marry her in an unholy marriage and then Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out uh, beats up the Undertaker and everything and frees Stephanie McMahon she hugs him Vince comes out and actually thanks, Austin. You're like, oh, wait, is this peace between the two of them? No, of course not. Uh, So as all this trauma is happening around Stephanie, Vince uh, sort of steps back from his leading the corporate role to take care of his daughter. Uh, And you would think the McMahon family would be very understanding of that. After all, they love Stephanie, right? No. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. Shane McMahon uh, on the April 12th, April 12th, 1999 episode of Monday Night Raw leads the corporation to the ring. Everybody but Vince Patterson and Briscoe's there. Ken Shamrock is there. Everybody's there. He fires Patterson and Briscoe for being old. Uh, Then Vince comes out. He's like, Shane, what are you doing? Like, you're out of control. You're blah, blah, blah. Shane slaps his dad in the face and fires him from the corporation. Perfect. Now, here's the thing. The corporation isn't a job. It is a pro wrestling stable. You can't be fired from a pro wrestling stable. He's not being paid by the corporation. You can be be kicked out of a stable if we're going to play semantics. You can be kicked out. You can be kicked out. But also, for some reason, Shane seems to think that, like, by running the corporation, he runs WWE and he's making booking decisions and whatnot. The Rock is the champion at this point. It's it's all very confusing, but it's okay because it goes one step further. Shane takes the war against his father to the next step. On the April 27th episode of SmackDown, Shane merges the corporation and the ministry of darkness him and the undertaker work together to form the greatest Alliance of all time, Matt. I speak of course of the corporate ministry. And if you could put in like a lightning bolt sound like that, you're asking me to do extra work. Uh, the corporate ministry, a, a name that when I think of it, um, I go right to the ending of this piece that we're talking about, by Uh the way. Uh, I'm trying to remember moments and all I have is big boss band kind of near Undertaker at one point. Like it's, there's nothing memorable here going on. Yeah. So the thing about the corporate ministry, Matt, is that it was, it, it was dumb. The Undertaker himself has gone on the record in a WWE produced DVD that he considers this to be the low point of his sort of dark era Uh, Because it was it just diluted the power away from The Undertaker. And it just made The Undertaker another sort of pawn in the ongoing McMahon family saga, which he's not wrong. Uh, So here's what the corporate ministry is a real banger of a theme song. That's cool. But their whole purpose, they come together because Vince and Shane have common or I'm sorry, Undertaker and Shane have common enemies. The, the corporate ministry exists to uh, destroy Vince McMahon, destroy the rock who has left the corporation uh, and destroy Stone Cold Steve Austin because everybody like everybody hates Stone Cold. I don't like the thing about Stone Cold Steve Austin is he was feuding with McMahon, but also he was just kind of feuding with everybody because he's too cool to hang out with a friend like so everybody hates Austin and Austin. Uh, doesn't care Uh, the weird thing about the corporate ministry is the corporation and the ministry had been feuding for a while and they all just forgot that they hated each other because now they're a team it's it's like uh, Ivan Drago and Rocky (laughs) Balboa during the like round six of the match Mm -hmm. where Rocky is trying to win one for America and also uh, to get revenge on Uh, drago for killing apollo cruz hey guys editing matt here it's apollo creed apollo cruz is not someone who dies in rocky 4 sorry uh they just decide to become best friends and train together and fight uh the robot that's best friends with paulie It's exactly like that. It's almost as if you've seen all of these movies, plus all of WWE's programming, Matt. It's almost like I have an unhealthy obsession with Rocky four. You do like Rocky four a whole lot. Um, but that's fine because Rocky four rules just like this entire nonsensical storyline. um, Now, you mentioned earlier how this was kind of the era of the stable. Uh, Mm -hmm. It should be noted, one stable and another stable come together to form a mega stable. However, it also led to the creation of yet another stable because Ken Shamrock, Mankind, Test, and the Big Show felt burned by the corporation merging with the ministry, and they formed the Union. (laughs) Oh, remember man, I uni- forgot about this. Like, I remember their theme song. You hear like it was like, whoa, union. And then some generic rock song would play. The union, a a tag team name, or sorry, stable name you remember. Uh, but I don't remember anything <laughs> else about it. That I mean, well, they didn't last long. They briefly, like Vince briefly aligned with them. But like uh, that, this is literally the only mention of the union in this entire uh, bit. It's just like that's Aww. well listen, Matt. One day we'll do a whole segment on the highs or on on the high and many lows of the union. <laughs> the high and two <laughs> lows of the union. Yeah. All three moments they had. <laughs> <laughs> uh so it's important to note that during this whole thing, uh, once in a while the Undertaker would talk about the higher power, this sort of uh this higher elevated being that like was sort of pulling the strings and calling the shots behind the scenes. We don't know. We never knew who it was just that we knew it as the higher power. Uh, or if you're Vince McMahon, the greater power, because anytime he talked about it, he kept saying the greater power. And for people like me, a greater power, it's very confusing when I'm like, wait, are there two people? Is there a There's higher the power? Higher and a power. Great- and the greater power you sound like jesse this sounds almost like you're jesse the body ventura i'm getting a little i'm mixing it's it's vince jesse ventura. jesse the body mcmahon no vince ventura Vince ventura The greater power vince ventura paid to pet the secret bunker see fired <laughs> oh i forgot i used to do jesse ventura on this show oh that was funny. uh at one point at one point, the Undertaker off decides he's going to offer Stone Cold Steve Austin as a sacrifice to the higher power. Remember Austin on the cross? Remember yes. Remember they... they a lot of real weird cross imagery on the Undertaker's registered trademark logo during this era of WWF. Can we just talk about this era? Had a lot of people on the cross, just in general, like just incredible. Was it just incredible or no? Tommy Dreamer at ECW. No, that was Sandman yeah. at ECW. In the Sandman. That's right. But it was versus Raven Tommy feud. Dreamer. The Sandman versus Oh no, Raven. Raven. Okay. Yeah, and that's, I, and, ma- and that's the match that. Kurt Angle saw and and was like I'm not coming to ECW and then and then Raven came out like there there's footage on the uh if you go on the WWE network and watch the rise and fall of ECW there's footage of Raven coming out after the show to apologize to the crowd for anyone he may have insulted and like it's 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 ECW is very sort of gritty and real but like that like that for me is one of the most real moments because it's it's Oddly emotional. He uses his role. He's like, you people were good to Scott Levy when like I was going through my stuff. So I choose to be good to you tonight. And if I if I offended you with my use of religious iconography, I apologize. And yes, he was definitely made to do that. But like it felt genuine. You know, mm-hmm. it's an interesting thing that w- we haven't done a full on ECW segment yet on the show. We should do that something. No, we haven't. Sounds like we're going to have to queue up the BWO, baby. No Lucha Underground either. Oh, Lucha Underground's good. We'll have to dig into yeah. that. Anyway. Probably won't. Anyway. So. This, the, these shenanigans with the corporate ministry and Vince and like every, it goes on for a couple of months. We get to June and finally, Raw kicks off. Vince walks to the ring in a tank in like his muscle tank. You know that black <laughs> muscle tank top? His <laughs> black. walks with like his elbows <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just he, like, comes, <laughs> he, he comes to the ring to ch- Okay. There's so much going on here. He comes to the ring in that black muscle tank top and black slacks because that's how you wrestle. That's the look. Uh, <laughs> he wants to he wants to fight Shane McMahon for total control of WWE, ignoring the fact that WWE is split evenly between Shane, Vince, Stephanie, and Linda. So none of them have total control of WWE, Mm -hmm. uh, but he challenges him and he says, and I don't, and he, he starts talking about the quote unquote greater power. And he says, if it's true what they say that this greater power is even more demonic than the undertaker, then I'd like to meet him. So then he, he also tries to drop some theories about who the greater power could be. Matt, this is who he says. The greater power could be Shawn Michaels. Okay. The greater power could be a McMahon family member. He's insinuating that it's Shane. What? The greater power. This is the best one. Or it could be Jake the Snake Roberts. That's a name to throw out there. Uh Uh-huh. And finally, the greater power could be the bartender down the street is the last one McMahon throws out. Uh, it could be the bartender down the street. So Shane McMahon comes out. Shane McMahon says, I am not the greater power. Uh, but he does accept the match later tonight with Vince. Mm-hmm. So they both head to the back, cut to commercial break, back from commercial break, queue up the corporate ministry theme song one more time. Here comes the entire corporate ministry minus Shane McMahon. Uh, The Undertaker gives a long, droning, ministry-era Undertaker promo. I've looked upon the night sky and saw that it the darkness, and it was coming for you, and graveyards, and uh, quote the raven, nevermore. That's raven. That's raven. That's raven. The flock powerbomb last ride powerbomb. There was, it sounded a lot like that probably, right? Just yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah, yeah. um yeah. Like, honestly, real talk. Undertaker as the dead man, not the best promo. Undertaker is the American badass. Great. Promo. Much better. Great yeah. promo Uh, because he's just allowed. It doesn't have to be like dipped in gothic nonsense. It could just be like, I'm going to beat you up. I mean, Mark Calloway. Guess what? I'm gonna punch you in the face with my motorcycle. <laughs> a motorcycle punch. Motorcycle punch. Just imagine him like picking up the motorcycle as if it's a pair of brass knuckles. Yeah, just he's the most strong man punching in the you world. In the just face. punch you in my motorcycle. American badass. Kid Rock. <laughs> Kid Rock, keep rolling, rolling, rolling. Keep rolling. Then die the It's... <laughs> None of that happens, uh, but it would be great. <laughs> and, uh, wait a minute. None of what I said happened. It would be great. I would love it. Uh, so. But while Shane's out there, he says that the higher power will reveal himself tonight. So when the ministry comes down, Undertaker delivers his long promo and they introduces the higher power uh, out like the Druid music. You know that the Undertaker Druid music that would yeah. come out for all. the. Druid- oh. Yep. That plays while someone dressed like one of the Druids, just in a long robe with a huge hood over the head comes out and he comes out with his arms out. Very christ Christlike uh, walks to the ring, gets in the ring, puts the mic up to his face and Shane McMahon's voice comes out through the speakers. And then Shane walks from the backstage to reveal like, yeah, because I can't be the greater power because the greater power is omniscient. The greater power is this and that. And he gets to the ring and he's like, and Vince, I want you to unmask the greater power. Get out here. I want to see the look on your face. Cut to the Titan Tron. A video of Vince pops up and he's like, Shane, I think I'm close enough. Why don't you just show us who this greater power is? And then, of course, the hood comes up. It's Vince, who was just in the ring wrestling, then was in a taped message backstage. He's now in the ring as the greater power. And he says the most important line of dialogue in the history of professional wrestling. It was me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. Austin. It's so here's the thing. Hold on. Uh, Chris, uh, there is so much emphasis on who's the greater power and me as a person right here, not caring at all who the higher power, sorry, greater power. Matt, That's because you weren't subjected just now to three months of storytelling about it. Yeah, I know, but, but I can't find.
1: Maybe, maybe,
0: maybe this will change your mind. Okay, okay. So he makes it clear that this was all because of Stone Cold Steve Austin. He blames Stone Cold. First of all, (laughs) he says, I made fools of all of you. Every damn one of you were made fools of. Stone Cold Steve Austin made me fool you. (laughs) Austin did it. So now he's blaming Austin for making him fool Austin and the crowd into believing he's the higher power. But here's the thing. This means Vince... Burned his had his own teddy bear set on fire and had his own daughter kidnapped and sacrificed in an unholy marriage. Yeah, Vince did that. He did all of it and he did it just to get it stone cold Steve Austin. But man did Chris. He did all of this. All of this all along destruction of the McMahon family. Uh Essentially Mm -hmm. the tearing the part. Uh, tearing apart the unity of that family to give uh, Austin a little once over. Got you, Austin. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, Matt, nobody could have predicted this would happen because it's so nonsensical that it just, it's ridiculous. Like who could have possibly predicted any of this? The, no, I, a- well, the answer is Linda McMahon because out outcomes, Linda McMahon and Stephanie McMahon, Lin- stephanie mcmahon says dad how can you be so cruel to me and vince says it's just business (laughs) linda says well speaking of business i called a board of directors meeting today and vince vince says how do not why didn't i know about that nobody called me because see, they, he's on the board. And she's like, oh, well, I don't know. Uh, she's <laughs> <laughs> Why wasn't I called to the board of directors meeting since I'm on it? Oh. oh. <laughs> uh, but what she says is that she has stepped down effective immediately from her role as CEO of WWE and handpicked her own successor. Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> who has no like honestly this is the worst corporate governance i've ever seen in my life he has (laughs) no experience running a company uh this is done out of spite but also why why did she do this did she she had to have known that vince was the higher power and that he was specifically going to reveal it tonight it was me vince (laughs) so but i can't do that voice it hurts but matt that's not all Oh, oh okay. this, this somehow gets more bizarre. Not only is Stone Cold the new CEO of WWE, Stephanie and Linda have signed over their shares of the company to Steve Austin. So now he's also 50% owner of WWE. Um, They
1: I, signed I,
0: over I, shares for free. So technically they're both jobless now. And have nothing to support themselves with. Get these bums off my property. I don't. uh, None of this makes it. Austin comes out uh, in his Austin 316 t-shirt and a red tie. that's just tied around his t-shirt neck. (laughs) Okay, <laughs> and he's calling the shots he's making matches and that like the, the whole corporate ministry thing was just another step in austin versus mcmahon it ultimately leads to vince and shane challenging stone cold to a handicap ladder match at king of the ring that year with the winner getting full control of wwe the loser has to sign over their shares to the winner uh vince and shane won the match thus the whole thing was rendered utterly pointless um uh, <laughs> Have you ever seen a storyline so complex that ultimately leads nobody anywhere? I know that's a really weird cop out sentence, but like there is so much going on in this story and the ending is status quo. It's very, very odd. Uh, it does nothing for anyone like, else. But aside Matt, for Vince, it goes beyond that. Why this is this because this was 1999. So not long after that, the corporate ministry slid into obscurity. Uh, Shane officially disbanded it in August. I don't know if you remember. 1999 was the year Stephanie McMahon and Tess got together and got almost got married. So Stephanie and Vince, the whole McMahon family, reconciled because mm-hmm. Vince was in Stephanie's wedding. Like he gave her away at the altar, and that led to Vince versus Triple H, former corporate ministry member because that's when triple h took stephanie mcmahon to the chapel during test or showed the the video during the drive-through chapel with a knocked out stephanie mcmahon we know there's only one question you have dad (laughs) (laughs) i've watched that so many times and that's Uh, not did we but how many times did we consummate the marriage Uh, we've taught, we've, we've had a whole discussion about that, that entire, uh, storyline before, but like, (laughs) but I love the way he says dad, dad, it's, it's the most, uh, it's the best heel work triple H has ever done in one word. And like, I love, I love Triple H is a heel, but that look on his face when he says, dad gets me every time. But we're (laughs) we're not we're not we're not talking about that. We're talking about the higher power, uh, which as soon as it's over, like Vince reconciles with his family, gets full control of the company back and everything is exactly what it was. Except Austin goes away because and then it sort of shifts over to the Triple H show. Uh, with the with the wedding and all that, and then obviously into the year two thousand, we get the McMahon Helmsley regime or faction or regime or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it like things were moving so quickly at the time. Mm-hmm. It's really bananas that like we went so quickly from Austin from Vince being like I had my own daughter kidnapped to I'm walking my daughter down the aisle. Like it's <laughs> like life comes at you fast when you're a pro wrestler, Matt, and when you're the nice. higher power, it was me, Austin. It was me all along. Yeah. Hey, if you guys haven't, by the way, uh, heard our Shayna Baszler interview earlier this week, it's awesome. And we had a lot of fun. So check it out. Yeah, it was a special mini episode that we released on Tuesday and uh go listen if we do interviews from not from now on but if we do there are certain interviews we're going to break out as just special mini episodes because honestly we don't want to wait to get them out there Shayna baszler uh came to talk to us for uh her appearance on nxt this week defending the women's tag team titles if we waited for the episode to go out that means it's thursday when you get it nxt was the night before we just wanted to get it out there while it was still fresh Chris, let's jump in the time machine uh and head back to 2000 uh to talk about the human torch match between Johnny Storm man, Johnny Storm and the android whose body was eventually used to make Wonder Man. Or was Vis- it Vision? Vision, I think. It was Vision? Bro, I, I don't think. know. I I regret saying that. Marvel Johnny Comics Storm. guys. <laughs> so in the year 2000 the WDW, the WCW landscape uh sucks it's <laughs> it's it's all factions i mean you're not um, wrong so there's the two big factions which are the millionaires club which is made up of like sting and hulk hogan and i think rick flair it was kind of hard to tell with him because he had another feud going on and then the new blood which was like disco inferno conan <laughs> and the filthy animals also and then vampiro <laughs> yeah you know young hot talent like disco inferno <laughs> young hot talent like what Guys that had all been there for a long time. <laughs> Vampiro was the new blood. A face stable because Vampiro during this time was not a face wrestler. Like he was like being set up to be a monster. Yeah. Like every week he's doing something like he's constantly talking about how he's crazy. Which I I was like, what? Okay, that's your character. Like you're okay. I get that's your character, but why are you in this stable? It doesn't add up to me anyway um I just wanted to remind you all that the uh the misfits and action were a thing during this time that was uh Hugh Morris and a bunch of other people and this was actually led by Booker T at this point in time that we're talking about but Hugh Morris was wrestling as the uh Captain Hugh G-rection just gonna let you sit on that for a sec oh I should have put it that way should not have worded it that way oh man oh man. oh boy Oof. Uh. I didn't realize, I I didn't, I thought we were, I didn't realize you were going to go, when I first put started putting notes into this doc, I didn't realize you were going to go deep into the history before this match. Oh, Chris, that's how I do all of these. I understand. I just pulled up the pay-per-view, uh, which is uh, Great American Bash 2000, and was shocked that, like, they were heavily promoting the idea that if you sent in a receipt proving that you purchased the pay-per-view, WCW would send you a Hulk Hogan inflatable raft. Yeah and it wasn't it wasn't like cool hollywood hug or anything it was yellow and in red writing it said hulkster across the side of it if you bought if you got that raft can you like hit us up wrestle buddies at uh gamespot.com please yeah. please email us and tell us about your. also if you're raft. if it's for sale let's talk wcw 2000 um we are leading up to the great american bash uh, the paper the view that followed this was the bash at the beach. So we're just kind of being bookended by bashes with nothing in between. Leading up to this match, Vampiro and Sting are, are starting off a feud for whatever reason. I think it's because they both have face paint and black hair. It's true. Uh, although Vampiro had dreadlocks. Well, because the announcers, the announcers keep referring to them as the former brothers in paint. I think they teamed up. It literally while, is because they're in face paint. And they're in paint. Yeah. So on the May 17th episode of Thunder, Uh, Vampiro lights a Sting mask on fire And talks about how Sting claims he can walk the walk Or no, he he can talk the talk But never mentions that he can walk the walk Uh, Later in this episode, Sting comes to the ring to retaliate (gasps) Saying yes, he can walk the walk that was mentioned earlier And right now he's quite literally talking the talk And he's talking the talk But Vampiro interrupts him to say uh, They're going to be having an Inferno match together it's called an Inferno match during this segment. So Sting refutes and Vampiro says, you're already in it. And then the what? ring ropes are supposed to catch on fire at this point. Okay. Because he's already involved in the match. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's the saddest, like ha- like a quarter of the ring ropes catch on fire. And you can see like the, the, the ignition liquid or whatever that's supposed to be on it, like the ignition gel uh igniter gels what i'm trying to say that's on the ropes that's not being lit mm-hmm. and like it just looks very very sad and like sting like kind of looks at it while well, he's supposed to be looking at vampiro and just looks so pissed off about it well we should note this is in an era where wwe has done a few inferno matches and they're like visually incredibly impressive as the yes. flames shoot up from ringside it also for wwe or f at the time inferno matches Made a lot of sense because of the Kane and Undertaker feud, where Kane was burned alive, and <laughs> yeah. uh, and so it was kind of a revenge story. But that Inferno match went to other characters as well, so it was kind of like uh, something that spread out. Inferno matches in WCW were never really a, a thing; thing. It just didn't yeah. make sense until now, baby. Because Matt, you're already in it. You're already in it. I Look just at- set your office on fire. Oh no, you set out you set one drum on fire. Oh, take that no. take that symbol. Oh no, those symbols are expensive. So during the course of this feud leading up to uh, Great American Bash, uh, Vampiro brings a gas truck to the arena and he's gonna blow up the arena. Which that's a truck. terrorist threat. <laughs> like yeah. that's you could go you know you go to jail for that in the real Guys, world. Guys, real talk. Let's have a real talk. This is pre-9-11 we're not uh you could say things like this on tv and not be taken in by homeland security uh, but you shouldn't be able to you shouldn't no threatening to blow up an arena under the guise of pro wrestling is not okay again the bar significantly moved <laughs> after 9/11 from what was acceptable um so building up to the match june 5th we are talking uh is an episode of nitro i wanted to make a note here of something i just kind of like fell into a segment i fell into it was daphne and miss hancock i believe miss hancock is not Tori wilson casey keebler thank you um stacy keebler called daphne uh fat and then daphne called stacy keebler fat and they are both very very skinny and i was confused and i quickly realized that in wcw after kind of watching a few segments the way that women talk to each other as a whole, every single woman, is about looks or uh fitness. Huh. Fitness or fatness. That's all. Like, fitness or fatness. That's a new tag team. <laughs> it's 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 me and a twig. <laughs> I'm fatness. Um it's well, first of all, I think at the center of this feud also was David Flair of all things. Because Stacey Keebler was sort of paired with David Flair for a while. And then obviously Daphne and Crowbar were also paired with David Flair. Uh, But beyond that. It just reminds me of was it Mike Awesome that was the fat chick thriller in WCW? Mike Awesome was involved also in this uh, Stacey Keebler and Daphne thing. It is for everything I remember about WWE's treatment of women during that time. WCW was worse like Uh, matt can i i I hate to interrupt you for a second but first we're going to go to performance by the nitro girls uh so vampiro during this time loves lighting people on fire he is just so excited to burn sting alive he carries gasoline can with him like a little like one gallon gasoline can he's got a big old blow (laughs) torch weird you know he's having a match with scott steiner scott steiner has his freaks with him now guys if you remember scott steiner and his freaks his freaks were the ladies that he would like to uh, engage in coitus with now vampiro decides after a match he's gonna light one of these ladies on fire because that's what vampiro's kink is apparently again a crime (laughs) a crime (laughs) vampiro vampiro more like Vam Crimo, am I right? Uh, Crimo. Oh uh, uh, someone mix Vampiro and and the hamburger together uh and make that art. Anyway, uh so during this he's trying to lay a freak on fire, and then Sting comes in and like has the bat and just kind of pops bumps him right on the head and knocks him out. And what is like one of the funniest things in the world to is me, it just like, a What if the bat is magic and he's Boop. casting a spell? <laughs> Infurioso! just boop, something anyway. patronum expect and i don't know harry potter uh spell so let's cut to the great american bash yes. for the actual match we are finally at the match guys i just need you to know that what was going on in wcw during this time was bonkers so vampiro has bad music let's it's, just throw that out it's there. so bad it's it sounds like honestly it sounds like what if uh the band fish was a wrestler what would their entrance music be and it's it's just it's very jam bandy at first before it picks up but it's all just bad i was gonna say if it's it's like it's poor man's Alice in chains if allison Ch- if that poor man's Alice in chains had a poor man's Alice in chains cover band and someone on the sitar it suits just <laughs> like for no apparent dark. reason. So as he's entering to the ring, now we're talking about this is in an arena. Vampiros entering to the ring in the arena. They cut to outside of the arena with a fire truck and a fireman unloading a hose. What is they? what is he gonna do outside of the arena? guys like like vampiro's not there to burn the entire arena down he's there to burn sting down sting is barely like the size of people died tonight in an arena during an inferno match gone wrong because there wasn't a fire truck outside okay uh vampiro's in the ring now so it's when important he, to note when Vampiro walks out with his blowtorch, he lights an actual like tiki torch yeah, that comes, comes gun, down yeah. from the ceiling. He lights the torch, and that's the torch you have to use to set your opponent on fire. And then he just leaves it there and walks the rest of the way to the ring. It's right by the entrance. It's really weirdly placed. Uh you figure like a match for like this, if you're gonna do something like that, have it be above the ring. Yeah. Uh, make it a ladder match. Ooh. Because wrestling takes place in a ring anyway or does it as we'll learn out that's not true sting comes out but when a sting comes out he's on top of a scaffolding and uh he raises the tiki Tor. Uh, sorry chris go okay ahead. you want to say something i i i noted the scaffolding which was clearly a titantron ripoff yes. um however what they called it was amazing it was referred to as nitro vision <laughs> yeah, yeah that their entrance ramp video screen is called Nitrovision. Uh, and it's it looks bad. so Sting is raising up this Tiki torch to the top of the scaffolding and's like, vampiro, are you scared of heights? cause, cause I'm not not. Be. I'm not. and the Tiki torch is up here now. So if you want to light me on fire, you gotta come up here, ding dong. like, it's the weirdest thing in the world. Uh, I apologize for my voice going all over the place. I'm just so befuddled by like, but also that's a pretty spot on impersonation of that weird promo. Yeah. And I guess it is. Cause this is sting during this time has lost all mystique. Yeah. I, 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 I think I'm fair in saying that. Yeah. This uh, is also the, uh, either the beginning or the very early stages of, uh, the man they call t-shirt sting. Who wrestles at yeah, a t shirt? T-shirt yeah. Where he wears a t shirt and you can buy that t shirt this week. AEWshop.com. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, t- take us to the match, Matt. They go to, so then Sting comes down, goes to the ring, and they're going to have a match. It lasts in the ring for, I think I'm being generous in saying a minute and a half. At it most. gets. It, well, I mean I, th- I think it's a little bit Longer because oh in the ring it lasts A minute in Matt. the ring, in and, the then ring yeah. and then it's Just they very slowly Make their way up the ramp Which is so dumb It is so stupid And they eventually get to the top of The scaffolding which I'd say Was about 30 feet in the air the commentator Said 45 feet okay before We get there uh, yeah. Matt I took it uh, I took note of some th- some comments That were made by the commentators during this Match uh, yes. first of all upon seeing the torch one of the commentators says you can tell that's not Hogan's torch you guys he never would have passed it hey oh a real, that's a real F you to Hulk Hogan that's good uh, Hogan's uh, still on the company by the, at this yeah, time Hogan, by the way yeah, he's on the card he's fighting and, that and night I, the leader of the millionaires club <laughs> uh, there's also so like there's w- something to note about this match is like there's not a lot of audience reaction to any of it However, at one point, there is a woman who like this woman who just wants to see blood, I'm assuming. Yes. And she yells, George, like, whoa, you can Someone see follow her that face. woman home. like her face is so intense. And I'd say this woman is 21, maybe like she's young, a young woman. It's uh, she wants blood. She really, really does. Also, the announcer's note how quiet it is. And they're like, you could tell how serious this is by quote, it's almost deadly silent here in the arena. Like what they refer to Vampiro as the Vampyromaniac uh okay so before the okay now we get to the part where they're going up the scaffolding the nitro vision uh oh but before they get up to the top sting gets about five feet off the ground and vampiro kicks him off and he falls backwards <laughs> Yep, <laughs> and and the answer goes that's it's it, I, i'm pretty sure it's shivani says that's yes. it that's the end of the match how can a man continue now and then sting <laughs> gets right back up and starts climbing again I It was about, I'd say about eight feet off the ground. Let's, it was a little bit taller than that, but yes. It was so close to the ground, though. It was surprisingly Here's, close. And the thing about that moment was like, I was like, wait a minute. Are they actually stopping it here? <laughs> like, I legitimately thought like they're going to stop it here. I thought Vampiro was going to climb up, grab the torch, climb back down and light, sting on, on fire. On fire. That was going to be. The oh, end. because I forgot to mention Vampiro put gasoline, quote unquote, gasoline All over Sting. Yeah, yellow While they were still in the ring. Yeah, it was water. They were still in the ring, and and Sting got gasoline dumped all over him. So you know at this point in the match, which is the first 30 seconds I believe this happens, Sting's gonna lose. Or do you? No, you know. I know. There's just... Anyway, they get to the top of the scaffolding, and then it starts strobing. (laughs) The commentators (laughs) say it's... Sting's entrance lights yeah, Sting's or whatever. Entrance lights turns on turn entrance lights turn on and the answers go, what happened to the lights? And they keep making reference, like the storm is coming, and like dumb stuff like that. Isn't there also thunder sounds playing? I yes, feel like? it's like it's a thunderstorm sound and light situation. And the fighting that's happening up there is someone throws a punch, someone else throws a punch. It is very obvious this is all a setup to replace Sting with a stunt man. Mm-hmm. And, and and they don't do it well. Because they turn then the, off the lights the, in the middle of the the strobing light, the lights just go out for ten seconds. Yeah, except then, there's a torch there illuminating it a little bit, and you can see stuff is going on. Vampiro lights the stuntman on fire. The stuntman is on top of the scaffolding on fire and jumps off the scaffolding. <laughs> jumps yep. off the scaffolding and falls not eight feet, my friends. Not 30 feet like Matt falsely claims, 45 feet, according to the commentators, all the way to the ground. And then into the stage, which is just a uh, like a pillow. It's It was like cardboard covering a pillow. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say even for a stuntman, it's a dangerous stunt. It looked cool. It looks great. But the second sting raised that torch all the way up to the top you knew this match was ending with someone falling off the scaffolding yep it, it, it's disappointing that like you know what's happening it's just i don't know i'm just it's a bad match and it's a, and it's not only a bad match because the match itself is bad it's bad because it foreshadows every single moment that's going to happen so early Well, and what's worse is like you it's obvious that it's obvious that it's not sting that they set on fire and throw off the top of nitro vision. It's a stunt, man. Uh, But to to keep you from very much realizing it, the moment fake sting hits the ground, they hit him like five people show up with fire extinguishers and they all hit sting with it. But Mm -hmm. They don't stop long after the fire is out. They're just still spraying fire extinguisher liquid around to keep it smoky. And they're covering sting in a blanket and still continuing to spray fire extinguisher. And the commentary team is like, oh, he jumped off to make sure he wouldn't get on fire because there's no fire extinguishers up there. And it's like, well, this is all complete bollocks and (laughs) stupid. So let's talk about the aftermath because Vampiro won whatever. June 12th episode of uh, Nitro, Vampiro comes out to the ring, talks about how he's going to hell and he's cool with that, okay? Uh but he wants to know who is coming with him to hell. He wants a friend all of a sudden. Who is it? It's the Kiss Demon, but at this point in time, it's the Demon, but they're still using Kiss's music. It's a weird transitional phase where Kiss is very very mad at WCW for not fulfilling their contract in the way that kiss thought they would where the demon would get a actual title shot at a pay-per-view as a main event well also at one point wasn't there going to be a kiss in wcw like new year's eve pay-per-view yeah yeah the, i th- I believe we talked about this whole kiss demon yeah. thing on an episode way way back when um so the, the the demon is there but sometimes he's called the kiss demon sometimes he's called the demon it's a weird like i think legality era era Uh, anyway vampiro and the demon fight on nitro they fight on thunder and then it gets to a point a couple weeks or one week later where the demon is out of makeup uh something tarbolg or whatever his name was and he's talking backstage to his fiance about just kind of hiding from vampiro and like get rid of my costume or whatever because i'm scared wait didn't he want to go to hell with Vampiro? i don't know it's so vampiro wants to be friends with the demon that's what's very very apparent He has uh, the the guy who plays the demon come out with his fiance, Asia, and then Vampiro makes Asia disappear and then Vampiro disappears. And then there's a video package behind them of Vampiro driving a hearse away. And then there's more weeks that go by where these two are fighting backstage and Vampiro always has the upper hand, which this leads eventually to uh, the demon dropping the kiss moniker completely, but becoming the demon again. And joining Vampiro, the great Muda, I believe, for uh, the Dark Carnival, the ICP uh, stable, where ICP was only a part of it for, I believe, like one week. I just I know there is a lot of heavy after on that. I just want you to know that like, Vampiro's story was consistently bonkers. Which I kind yeah. of like. I, met. I discussed this a little bit before start recording. I don't really like Vampiro. I want to. I I mean, he like again. This is just everything I told you off mic. Uh, I understand that his makeup. He's supposed to be a vampire, and his makeup is supposed to look like skeleton vampire. Blah blah. blah. He just looks emaciated and dirty. Mm-hmm. And I I don't I don't know. It's not like it. And honestly, I feel like the this match, the Human Torch match marvel why didn't marvel sue uh is indicative of that character as a whole of like what a premise but the execution no as a failure and i know and that's not to speak ill of vampiro's entire career like for like i know he had a very respected career in mexico yes. and like in he he's beloved but like as far as vampiro in wcw it was just not good I think WCW was very, very uh, uh, fascinated by the popularity, the long-lasting popularity of The Undertaker in WWE. Yes. And was constantly looking to create their own version of that, whether it was The Dark Sting, whether it was Vampiro. And, like, it just didn't happen in any quality. Oh, God. Can you imagine WCW thinking, like, you know, I think our answer to The Undertaker is Kiss Demon. Gene Simmons, the wrestler. We we should take a look at like how WCW and WWE ripped each other off during this time. Yeah, I mean it's apparent everywhere. Can we? One day we're gonna have to do a, a th- we're gonna have to do a segment on the billionaire Ted sketches, so I can talk about the Nacho Man. Uh, three count is obviously too cool. I think I don't know which ones debuted first though. I don't know, but three count is better. I love three count. By the way, three count is going. I got I took so long to do research because I kept popping into like three count moments and I'm like, "Oh, I need to watch this." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when we eventually do the Wrestle Buddies Hall of Fame, Three Count is going to be the first induction inductee. Yeah. Well, Hurricane Helms is because he is the um he's the award winner of the Shane Helms Award for Shane Helmsing. Fair fair point, fair point. Whatever the, whatever that award was we gave out. Yeah. Anyways, that's Vampiro's Human Torch match. What a feeling! Not a good feeling. No, but uh, I don't. I, I, I kind of. But I love WCW during this time because it's like it's an element of like we care so much about like how do we get better in the ratings? Well, not actually caring enough about the, the storylines, quality of your program, or programming. the characters are quality. Yeah, it's it's very interesting for me to look at everything WCW is doing and being like, wow, someone thought this was the best idea yeah it was so it's, it's always through <laughs> it was him austin it was him all along anyways that's it for this week wrestle thank you for hanging out uh go please go rate us and review us on itunes uh chris do you have any final words for this week dad see you next week Thanks for listening to Wrestle Buddies. We hope you had at least almost as much fun as we did. Go ahead and rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app. You can email us questions at WrestleBuddies at GameSpot.com or find us over on Twitter at WrestleBuddies. I am at Chris Hainer. He is at I'm Matt Elfring. See you next week.